0: Copper Shores Community Health Foundation is proud to introduce you to Do Good Volunteer of the Month, Rob Rowe. Rob is a jack-of-all-trades with a giving heart. He does countless things for others and asks nothing in return. If you need help with the project, he's there. He is definitely one of the most giving people around, and our community wouldn't be the same without him. If you know an incredible volunteer like Rob, go to coppershores.org and nominate them to
1: be recognized as the next Do Good in the Copper Country Volunteer of the Month. Good Sunday morning once again. Welcome to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Copper Shores Community Health Foundation online at coppershores.org. And I welcome into the program this morning the president of Northern Michigan University, Dr. Brock Tessman. He's been on the job for just a little bit over a year. And I thought now that he's found his way around the community, we'd have a chance to talk to him and see how things are going and what's happening at Northern Michigan University. So, Brock, welcome to the program.
0: Todd, thanks a lot for having me. Good to chat with you.
1: Been a little over a year now since you were installed as president at Northern Michigan University. How have uh, you found this area? Are you enjoying living here? uh... Oh, well,
0: we we love it. You know, it's uh, uh, I have a, a family. Uh, my wife Kristen, and then an eight-year-old daughter, uh, Francis, and a six-year-old daughter, Leona. And we we moved here from Montana. We've been out there for about ten years. Uh, and one thing we really loved about Montana was just the uh, the connection to the outdoors. We're all we're all outdoors people of different sorts, and oh my gosh, you know whether it's uh, up your way uh, at the Keweenaw or, or around Marquette, we've been uh, you know pulling our camper around the UP. I've been out on the trails a good bit, and I'll tell you, you know. The job is hard. My, my job is pretty time consuming. It can be stressful uh, occasionally, but uh, brings me so much joy to live in such a beautiful place. So we're, we're very, very happy here. We feel like we've stumbled into some kind of uh, lottery win.
1: <laughs> and of course, then, you know, you get here and we have the worst winter since the Neolithic <laughs> age. So we're sorry about that. We'll try to do better next <laughs> I, year. Not,
0: I'm worried about that. I, I, you know, the UP 200 down here, uh, uh, last winter, last February, was my first February here. This is my second one. And so I, I'm beginning to worry that people will, will sort of attribute the cancellation of the race to my arrival. Uh, I'm just joking, of course, but, you know, it really has been tough. Uh, the winter is such a crucial part of, of the culture and of the economy. I think you and I both both know that. And so yeah. it's, it's been a rough
1: one. So let's talk about the university. Um, what, have, you, have you been surprised by anything since you came to Northern? Positive or negative
0: Well, yeah, I mean, surprises every day I mean it's one of the things I love most about this job is there's something different every day, and you know sometimes those surprises are, are quite challenging, but I'll tell you um, one particular surprise for me uh, on our campus i've been making a point to get around to all of the academic departments and learn about what our fantastic professors are, are doing in the classroom and working with students and I imagine you know some of your listeners. Uh, you know, it may may have thoughts about, you know, what a professor's life is like, and, you know, maybe this very kind of arcane abstract research, and some of our faculty are are stars in that way, but I'll tell you, the amount of kind of relevant, applied, problem-solving research that happens on our campus has been one of the biggest surprises, and the pleasant part of that is that a distinguishing thing at Northern is how much the faculty connect with the students. So the students are involved in these research labs. You know, they're out at Presque Isle. Uh, they're in this kind of beautiful natural laboratory around us. So very practical research, kind of uh, focused on addressing, you know, uh, problems in society, problems in the UP, and they always do a great job of bringing the students into the fold. So that's what I mentioned. And there are, of course, you know, dozens of things I could, I could get to. But that's one, been one big, pleasant surprise.
1: For a few years before you arrived here, we would talk consistently about the problem attracting students to Michigan's colleges. College populations were falling. All of a sudden, last fall, we had record enrollment. Uh, you folks had about a 10 percent increase, I think, in incoming students. Uh, any idea what caused that bump?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I do have an idea, um, and, and I'd say um, important to note, we saw even better numbers this winter. So uh, we continue to see growing enrollment. Uh, you know, and, and I think on the heels of about a decade of, of declining enrollment, it's really important. Uh, Of course, from a budgetary sense, I mean, it makes a huge difference. That's a big chunk of how we operate. But really in terms of campus morale and the feeling that the university is a growing university, its dynamics on the rise, that's been a big part of it. And I'll tell you, if I had to attribute it to one thing, you know, we have great professionals in our admissions uh, office and and I I give them a lot of credit, but I do think it's this marriage between the, the, the place that we exist in and of course it'd be the same for tech over your way. But this beautiful place, I think, is increasingly attractive to students, not just in Michigan, but across the Midwest. We're seeing a lot of students coming from Texas, uh, from Florida, from Colorado to Northern Michigan University. And the place is a big part of it. But then I think the word is out. When students arrive here at NMU, and again, I'd say likely the same at Tech, the quality of the experience is very high. It's it's. it's all about relationships it's about meaningful connections not just with you know your fellow students and your roommates but also the faculty it's a very human and I'll use the word intentionally kind of an intimate experience you know and I think uh, in today's day and age, there is at least a a sizable segment, and it's a growing segment of students, they want that out of their college education. So we're really leaning into that, investing heavily in the student experience, our our campus facilities, the amount of student life activities on campus, our academic advising office is, is being revamped and enhanced so that students get really high quality advice day in and day out. So that's kind of the distinguishing factor that I think is driving our growth.
1: And that's one thing that I've noticed a difference in since I, and it's been nearly a half century now since I was in college. I'm very old, (laughs) but uh, when I was in college, there wasn't a lot of attention paid to that, and I have seen over the last few years, universities really reaching out to try to extend the student experience, uh, more things for students to do. Dorm rooms that are, my word, the dorm room, I I don't think any incoming college freshman would be satisfied to live in the dorm room that I lived in when I went to Yeah, South right. Michigan a cot and a trash
0: basket, and uh, you know, maybe a bulletin board if you're lucky. Yeah, that's that's my 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 experience too.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, in, in, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll kind of i respond to that if you don't mind. Just no, go second. ahead. I I don't look. We we actually have, like I said, really nice facilities. Uh, you know, dining hall. I, some of our new residence halls are fantastic. We're in the process of building some more residence halls. I don't think that's that's really it. I, I do think it is this very real, again, very kind of human and close experience that students, especially those students who, you know, were at a certain part of, point in their education during COVID, I think they really missed that. And there's so much with artificial intelligence, social media. A lot of colleges and universities are actually leading into that. I mean, more and more online programming, uh, bigger classes, they're trying to get more efficient and more automated, and, and I, as a CEO of, you know, of this institution, I get that. I mean, there there are business model incentives to go down that route, but that's not Northern. This place, you know, we take a lot of pride in the fact that we're a little bit messy. I mean, you know, it's, like it's, it's a very real place. Uh, you know, students have to learn a little bit of, of resilience and grit, but then the thing we do is we support them, you know, and that's where the advisors, we have a a new well-being center on campus with not just physical health but, but uh, counseling and consultation services, really building the sense of belonging on campus because we feel like students want that out of their college experience. Not all students. But we don't need to attract every student in the country. We need to be very strongly attractive to a fairly narrow set of students outside the Upper Peninsula and Upper Michigan. And within the Upper Peninsula and Upper Michigan, we'll do what we've always done, which is be an open access institution. We offer everything from uh, doctoral uh, programs in nursing to uh, uh, welding programs, Chemistry uh, to exercise science and everything in between. So we're really leaning into uh, you know our ability to serve students, kind of meet them where they are.
1: And that's a difference between Michigan Tech, whom we focus on so much in in our area, and Northern Michigan University. Michigan Tech does very well in several different fields. Northern Michigan has a much wider array, a bigger menu of things for people to take, and I suppose that makes it uh, perhaps more attractive across the board to students.
0: You know that that's possible, and I could if I if I wanted to give my my, my friend and good colleague President Kovac a hard time. You know, I, I I could I could I could talk about that. I mean, I do I do believe that um, you know NMU serves the flagship role uh, if you kind of think of flagship universities, kind of you know comprehensive, uh, great athletics across the board, very engaged community wise. I feel like we're kind of the flagship university in upper Michigan. That takes nothing away from Tech, which is truly a world-class university, but has a bit more focus in, you know, the research and academic programming that they offer. And Lake State also a fantastic campus, but but fairly small. So, so I think that's the responsibility that I feel here at Northern and we're we're embracing that and I think we see that again in terms of, of the numbers so futures bright um, you know we have our big challenges of course uh, on this campus just like any campus it's it's a tough time for public public education in generally, but public higher ed. Uh, but we, we're, we're bullish on the future.
1: Talking with Dr. Brock Tessman, he's the president of Northern Michigan University. You mentioned the funding issue when I was in college, again, nearly a half century ago. The state of Michigan basically subsidized about, I think, close to 80% of my college education in fees so that my tuition was very, very low. I think when I graduated, uh, tuition had just gone up to like 16 or $17 a credit hour. Right Now, of course, that funding is down to about 15%. I believe and that has put a huge strain on students and we see the problems with student debt and and things like that how do you as an institution address particularly in some of these uh, fields that come in that necessarily the starting wages aren't necessarily real high teaching for example Uh, somebody graduates with a bunch of student debt and a big monthly loan uh, obligation Uh, how do you help with that
0: yeah well, I mean, you raised an issue that I think is important to, to colleges and universities, public colleges and universities. I think this is a, a national issue. I mean, I think it's kind of an existential question that the country's got to answer. I, and, and you're right. Uh, I don't know the numbers exactly, but it's basically flipped, you know, 25, 30 years ago, um, you know, maybe about 70, 30 or so was the was the, the balance, and now it's, it's inverted, so that students and families are bearing, you know, two-thirds, 75% of the cost of college. So what does that do? I mean, quite understandably, if you're footing the bill uh, as an individual, what you'd like to do is to make sure you're getting a good return on your investment, and that return on investment most typically is perceived as, as your wage return on investment. And oftentimes we'll even look at kind of that first job. What's my first job out of college? Uh, and, and, again, it's understandable. Um, I think that's really just to give another shout-out to, to, to Tech up over your way, uh, it's a real, real feather in the cap of, of many of uh, tech's programs. That starting wage is great, and then of course over the long term, the, the wage is fantastic. At Northern, we do have a big mix of programs, and we have uh, a lot of engineering technology programs, kind of applied engineering programs, a lot of health profession programs, uh, cybersecurity programs, business programs, and in those, you know, we're absolutely in that same zone where the starting wage for our graduates is is terrific. Basically, the placement rate is a hundred percent. But then you've got these these programs that have been part of Northern almost from the very beginning. And actually, education was part of Northern from the very beginning. That's what we were founded as, as a a normal school, an educator prep school. And and we've got educator prep. We've got law enforcement. We've got social workers, kind of these hero professions that I think everyone understands we need to have as a state and as a society. But, yeah, the question is, if you're going to – plug into that as a college student and take on a lot of debt, what does it mean for you in the long run? And, and I'll end on a bright note uh, here and say the state of Michigan, especially in the last couple of years, has been very good at, at launching a couple of programs specifically around educator prep. One is Talent Together. The other one is Grow Your Own. And these basically provide state funding so that the, the tuition for students who want to train up uh, with their teaching credentials and become teachers, uh, is paid for by the state. So we're very appreciative. It's a. I always would love more more funding from the state. I'm of course grateful for the taxpayers in Michigan and what they do provide us. But you really stumbled on this, this fundamental question about what kind of society we want to have, Todd.
1: Well, and uh, I've had the privilege and opportunity to mentor a graduate of one of our local high schools who started college this year and is pursuing a degree in broadcasting. And I had to say to him right at the start, I said, do not run student debt up because your first yep. job in broadcasting is not going to support a payment. And you graduate from school and you look at what you're going to be offered in that first job. Before you get some experience and start to move up, you're not going to be able to take that first job because you're not going to be able to live on what you make. And and it's a shame yeah. that, that that it's come to that.
0: I, I agree. And and uh, again, I think if if for you and I as taxpayers and for the state of Michigan, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'll, I'll I'll swing all the way down on this one. I mean, I, I think uh, investment in public education it, it is absolutely important for workforce development, economic development. It's also, you know, you look around and and if you are worried about how polarized we seem to be, um, you know, culturally and politically, you know, that college experience and the things you pick up, having to navigate conflict, live in close proximity to other people, explore new ideas, these are things we also just should care about as a society. And, you know, the bar for, for NMU is to get students that great paying job right out of college, and then prepare them not just for that first job, but for moving up, you know, the third job, the fifth job, the leadership position, but also to develop fantastic human beings. You know, if that means uh, being a fantastic partner and, and, and mom or dad, if it means being active in the neighborhood or in your community, that's what makes this world work. And so I think if we lose track of that part of college, we're in trouble. Uh, That is a big part of the college experience.
1: Yeah, um, and it tails into something that I was going to bring up. Uh, There's a proposal in Lansing to make basically a community college free for everybody, which could, I suppose, hit our public universities if more and more students say, hey, I don't have to do my first two years in at, uh, at Northern, I can do my first two years for free at GoGibbick and then come into Northern. First of all, yeah. it, it hits your student population, but secondly, do you lose part of the four-year traditional college experience that way by splitting the difference? Yeah.
0: You know, I, I would say, actually, I probably have a bit of an unconventional stance on this because I have... You know, I, of course, read the news and, and talk to my, my colleagues at other universities, other four-year uni- universities. I, this is a complicated one. I, I, I Generally, I'm in favor of anything that lowers the cost barrier to college education, including community college education. So yeah. I think it's a really good thing in that sense. Um, I think uh, Northern, as you may know, actually plays the community college role in Marquette and Alger counties. Um, So we have all those two-year programs, the workforce programs. Now, we would not be included in this legislation as it stands now. Um, What we have going for us um, is twofold. You mentioned one thing, which is the potential for transfer education. I believe the more students who get some college education, the better. So if they're at Gogebic or Bay or whatever it is, um, I think that's a good thing. And now it's our job to frame the value of moving on from that two-year degree and finishing at Northern. So it's a bit of a challenge for us. I think it could be a bit of an enrollment uh, a puzzle we have to solve, but it could be a positive thing. The, the the only thing, Todd, I want to be careful with how I frame this, but okay. we, we need to make sure that we put as much money into college completion as we do to college access. And I'll tell you, at Northern, you know, we look every single day at how we can increase the percentage of our students who stick around from one semester to the next and ultimately complete their degree. I, if you look statewide, you know, some of our community college completion rates are, are like the rest of the country. It's nothing negative about Michigan community colleges, but they're, they're they're pretty low. And so the one challenge with this legislation is that you're kind of letting more people in the pipeline. You know, you're bringing more students on board. So we've got to make sure we're investing resources in getting those students from the decision to enroll all the way to the degree finish line. And we love that about our two-year programs. Even our kind of community college programs at Northern, we still have a completion rate that's significantly higher than the the community colleges because of all the supports we offer and the environment we offer. So that's the only thing I would say. Look, let's make sure that we pay as much attention to completion and success as we do to access and cost.
1: That's a great point. Talking with Dr. Brock Tessman, the president, Northern Michigan University. You talked earlier about how you perceive Northern as being kind of the flagship university of the region here in the Upper Peninsula. And I have seen the university make some rather significant moves in that regard. Uh, Particularly, we talked to, uh, I had on on the program, somebody from the, uh, the regional health program that Northern is heading up. And there are steps that are being taken now to help develop the economy. Me across the region. How does that role mesh with the student teaching role?
0: Yeah, the student teaching. Uh, so do you mean the, the kind of classroom instruction and what's happening, or do you mean strictly the, for our educator prep programs?
1: Well, no. I mean, if, 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 I, if I'm going to college and I'm taking classes, you're doing these other things that are valuable things, but they don't oh, have yeah. anything to do with me. Um, yep. How do how does that balance out? Because obviously, you know, we, we want to work on rural health, and you've got an excellent program going on doing that. That doesn't necessarily have anything to do with a student in the classroom.
0: That's right. Okay, thanks. Uh, and Elise Burr, the director of our Center for Rural Health, is fantastic. I mean, she is a presence across the the entire UP. Uh, and you brought up that that flagship concept. Uh, it is absolutely our responsibility. I see it as our responsibility. Uh, All the way from, from, you know, the Western UP, the Keweenaw, all the way over to the Sioux and beyond. We, with respect to economic development, uh, workforce development, community development, training local government leaders, and then rural health. I mean, bringing access to real national-class, world-class resources, you know, whether or not you live in Marquette or Houghton or, or Escanaba, you, know, you should have access to those things if you've got a, a flagship university in your region. And So that's the bar we set. We have, we have progress to make there, but it's kind of one of the three big projects I could see unfolding over the next, you know, five years. Uh, one of them is around that student success element that I mentioned, kind of getting more students to the degree finish line. Another one is around well-being, and and that's something we talk a lot about. But the third one is really about being kind of, it's the engine of the Upper Peninsula. And and again, that's culturally, it's socially, it's economically, and it's it's a health engine. And so whether or not you're a, a health student at Northern or whether, you know, you see the impact during your four years here at Northern, I think you'd be proud if you're a student to know that you know, Northern is a, a, a regional citizen uh, of kind of unparalleled significance uh, in the UP.
1: As you look ahead over the next five to ten years, are there programs at Northern that you see growing exponentially because of need? Are there programs that you might see falling away because they're not so relevant anymore?
0: I've been really clear about this as I talk to our faculty and our community. Uh, we're, we're a comprehensive university. Um, and you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I may talk to someone in the private sector or maybe a donor, um, and they say, "Look, your job's easy, Brock. You know what you do? You just look at the look at the majors and and fuel those growing programs, and then you move resources out of the programs that are in decline." And uh, of course, I understand that that logic, um, but that's not what we're about. And so, I do think we have quickly growing programs in some kind of surprising areas some of them aren't surprising. Cybersecurity uh, is a rapidly growing area. Our health um, programs, whether it's nursing or, you know, search tech, rad tech, um, those are always full. Uh, Biology is a really popular program on this campus. But then we have these surprising programs that also, you know, are growing really quickly. This place, uh, is on the radar already, but is, is quickly becoming a national player in uh, the creative arts, I guess is what I'd say, all the way from theater and dance to our uh, School of Art and Design, our Department of Music. And I think those programs are an important part of being a comprehensive university. Clearly, we want to have students taking classes in those areas and majoring in those areas. But if you show up at Forest Roberts Theater or at Reynolds Recital Hall or at the DeVos Art Museum on a Friday night here, it's more community members, and folks will drive two and a half, three hours into Marquette for one of our plays, so we're committed to, to growing, you know, English and philosophy and physics the same way we are to making sure, you know, that we don't hold back the growth of, of really quickly growing programs, like, you know, cybersecurity, for example, which I love, by the way, but we got to do both. We can't just be a kind of fair-weather campus that's shifting resources around based on, uh, you know, the trends of the last one or two or three years.
1: What about physical facilities? I'm seeing new dorms being built at colleges around the area. I'm seeing other uh, construction projects going on. Do you have anything there that you are either planning or would like to plan?
0: Yeah, we are, we're in the middle of just uh, a, 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 massive construction blitz right now. And it, it is so exciting. I'll tell you, you go to a, a town hall, we've hosted some, you know, university forums, that kind of thing. You, re, you remember how important parking is. I'll tell you people, oh, <laughs> yeah. As construction comes in, parking moves around and it, it is a big issue. But we're in the middle of just a, a major enhancement of our campus facilities. We, did build a brand-new integrated well-being center. We um, just uh, recently cut the ribbon on our Jacobetti complex, which is where our, our workforce development and trades programs are held. The Bear Center, which is a community resource for kind of um, uh, uh, behavioral education for, for kids and families. And then we've got a lot more on tap. We're building a, an entire new wing for uh, laboratory space and our chemistry and biology programs. A massive renovation of Hardin Hall, which is a, a kind of interdisciplinary space, but most importantly, a brand new library in there, and then a student union on the ground floor, and then we just got state funding for a brand new Northern Enterprise Center, which is uh, going to be a new college of business right on the academic mall, but also a place where you know local employers, business, and industry could come in and recruit students at Northern, kind of a, a community interface uh, spot. So a whole lot going on, and uh, I'll tell you. We are also building now additional dorms uh, because of, of enrollment and the, pa- the fact we're, just, we're packed to the gills. And it's a good problem to have, Todd, but Indeed. we're scrambling pretty quickly. And so we're, we're quickly, quickly growing place, which is a bit odd for the kind of university we are, but I'm very proud. I mean, it's a just a very energized time at NMU.
1: Exciting things happening on campus in Marquette, and we have to wrap things up. Dr. Brock Tessman, the president of Northern Michigan University, thank you for your time on Copper Country Today.
0: Todd, thanks so much. And I just tell your listeners, uh, you know, getting up to Keweenaw, one of my favorite places. So uh, hopefully see some of your listeners around uh, this spring and summer.
1: Well, we hope to see you around as well. And thanks again.
0: Okay, thank you. Bye.